This is Unfilter, episode 328 for September 30th, 2020. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. That was the worst debate I have ever seen. In fact, it wasn't even a debate. It was a disgrace. We'll talk about who won the debate, who lost the debate, but I can tell you one thing for sure. The American people lost tonight because that was horrific. You just took the words out of my mouth. Um, you used some high-minded language. I'm just going to say it like it is. That was a shit show. Hello, friends, and welcome to 328 of the People's History Podcast. My name is Chris, and I was kind of hoping I'd sleep that one off, but I'm still kind of feeling that post-debate funk. And no, I don't think it was the Corona light shots I was taking as part of our drinking game. I think it's something about watching the decay of the nation that I live in in real time in front of my eyes. Maybe that might be what has me feeling a little weird right now. Uh, I didn't know what to do for today's episode. I wasn't sure if I'd want to try to focus on everything but the debate or talk about the debate. But I think I got to just get this one out of the tubes, guys. I got to get this out there. I got to get this off my chest so I can I can refocus on things outside of this hot mess. So let's start off with a little introduction in case, you know, you chose to not watch it. Instead, just get the take here. I'll set us up. With that exhausting and chaotic first debate last night between President Trump and Joe Biden, for much of the night, Biden could barely finish a, a thought. The president interrupted him at least 73 times. At one point, the former vice president told Mr. Trump to, quote, shut up. The heated confrontation gave the candidates little opportunity to debate the policies. A CBS News poll showed more viewers believed Biden won the debate, 48 to 41 percent. Sixty nine percent of those polled said they found the event annoying. <laughs> yes. Yes, they did. They did. Here's a couple of choice moments. Joe, you agreed with Bernie Number, Sanders, who's I, I far did. left, on the manifesto, when, when we you, call it. Manifest- and that gives you socialized medicine. Look, hey, Are I, you I'm saying not going to listen to him. The fact of the matter is, I beat Bernie Sanders. Not by I'm, much. I, I beat him a whole hell of a lot. I'm here, I'm here standing facing Pocahontas you all, buddy. Pocahontas would have left well, two days early. You, you would have lost every primary all he knows how to on do Super is hurt- Tuesday. You got Look, very lucky. Look, here's a deal. No, I, sir. With a billion sir, dollars, if you that don't get rid is of absolutely you know what? You're, wait, not stop. true. You're, you're doing it. You're going to have tape. true, gentlemen. Is, <laughs> I hate to Chris, raise my voice, but I see it seems to be. Why shouldn't I be different than the two of you? So here's the That's deal. <laughs> that, was a, that was a great moment. I mean, you really had to feel for Wallace during this. This was just literally uncontrollable. I'll say this: I don't, I don't know if um, it was served by the format very well. There was no baked in time for the candidates to respond. They each got two minutes and then it was move on. And of course, they would use that two minutes to attack each other and then the other would feel compelled to respond. Not baking in a dedicated 30 second response window or something like that after the other's two minutes of time, I think, exacerbated this problem. It just made it so that the candidates had to take it if they felt like they needed it. And, of course, Trump always felt like he needed it. Raise my voice, but it seems to be, why shouldn't I be different than the two of you? So here's the deal. Good point. We have six segments. We have ended that segment. We're going to go to the next segment. In that segment, you each are going to have two uninterrupted moments. In those two interrupted minutes, Mr. President, you can say anything you want. I'm going to ask a question about race, but if you want to answer about something else, go ahead. But we, we, I think that the 
country would be better served if we allowed both people to speak with fewer interruptions. I, I'm appealing to you, sir, to do that. Well, and him too. Well, frankly, you've been doing more interrupting well, than that's all right, has. but he does plenty. And vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how strongly you, you feel. Let Vote now. Are you going to pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know you're a senator. I'm not going to answer the question. Why because, would you answer that because question? Because the you question is, the question is, the radical question, left. Will you who shut is up, on, man? Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This Who's is on your so list? right. Gentlemen, this is, I think this we've is ended so this. He's going to pack the court. We have end, oh, no, no. not going to give a list. We have ended this segment. We're going to move on to the second segment. That was really a pr- productive segment, wasn't it? <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. Uh, we're going to come back to a couple of those, like the court packing and the shut up man. We're going to come back to all of this because I think there's so much to pull out of each one of these moments and break down some key things to take away from this. I want to start with... What I felt like was Trump landing just completely the wrong blows. When he did go after the attack for Biden, he went after Biden for being a lefty, for being a crazy progressive, crazy Bernie Sanders. And it just doesn't land. Nobody buys that Joe is some major progressive. Number one. Joe, you agree with Bernie Number, Sanders, who's I, I far did. left, on the manifesto, when we you, call it. Manifest- that gives you socialized medicine. Look, hey, Are I, you I'm not going to listen agree? to him. The fact of the matter is, I beat Bernie Sanders. Not by I'm, much. I, I beat him a whole hell of a lot. I'm here. So this is the only real successful tactic, and if it was such. And with Trump, it's always a question. How much of this is strategy? It seems like he went in with a strategy to attack, attack, attack. In, I think a very cruel and cold calculus. I could be wrong. I'm no mind reader. But I watched this man, and he was like a dog on that stage. And I think what Trump's calculus was is I can risk coming across like a huge freaking asshole if I can expose his cognitive decline, Joe's cognitive decline on stage. I think that was the calculus. So Trump came in super hot. I think he came in way too hot, and I don't think he actually necessarily achieved what he wanted. You can hear... In this little bit of audio here, Joe's starting to kind of jump around and Trump's leading the conversation and getting Joe off of his talking points, which isn't a good sign, but doesn't leave him completely befuddled like I think Trump was going for. I think the attempt here was to overwhelm with force and cause Joe to have some sort of cognitive failure on stage and then Trump would walk away as victory. So listen to listen for that strategy as this clip plays out. The matter is, I beat Bernie Sanders. Not by I'm, much. I, I beat him a whole hell of a lot. I'm you not- see how he grabs him there and he gets him to come along. And at the same time, he's also getting Joe to kind of denounce some of the left. We'll come back to this more, which I think hurts some of his support. It's not a big deal, but it could be a strategy here. The matter is, I beat Bernie Sanders. Not by I'm, much. I beat him a whole hell of a lot. I'm Not here. I'm much. here, standing facing Pocahontas you. Buddy. would have left well, two days early. You. you would have lost every prize. All he knows how to do Super is hurt. Tuesday. You got Look, very lucky. Here's a deal. He wants to shut down this country, oh. and I want to keep it open. And I'll tell you what: the people of this country want and demand law and order, and you're afraid to even say it. And, and uh, Joe, I just don't buy that Joe is going to defund the police. He said otherwise. He doesn't come across as an anti-law and order. He said that violent protesters should face jail time. But I think what the problem here is, I think Donald Trump believes this shit. I think he actually thinks that Joe's a big lefty or he's going to at least be controlled by the left once he gets into office. But then he's constantly pointing to Joe's 47 years of really getting nothing done like a good corporatist would. 
So even just in in Trump's own arguments, you can see how it doesn't really hold water. And then the little airtime that Biden could actually get a complete sentence out. Well, that's when he actually did go after progressives. And he kind of hurt, I think, some of the Bernie supporters that he needs to beat Trump. The fact of the matter is, I beat Bernie Sanders. Not by I'm, much. I, I beat him a whole hell of a lot. I'm, I don't think that's something to brag about. Not I'm, not I'm here standing facing Pocahontas you, Pocahontas buddy. would have left well, two days early. You. you would have lost every primary. Your party doesn't say it. Your party that wants to go socialist medicine. My party is and me. socialist Right now, I am And the they're going to dominate party. you, Joe. You're- they got Joe to say the party is me. Right now, I'm the Democratic Party. Now, that's a pretty big statement because... That's generally considered, the Democrat Party is considered to be a pretty big tent with people like AOC on one side and people like the Clintons on the other side. And for him to say, I am the party, is essentially signaling what the party's entire values are, what the platform of the entire Democratic Party is. That's, that's not going to sit well with some people. Medicine My party is and me. socialist right now, I am And the they're going to dominate party. you, Joe. You know that. I am the Democratic Party right now. The platform of the Democratic Party is what I, in fact, approved of. And by the way, he made a couple of statements. The Green New Deal is a hundred trillion dollars. That is not not my plan. That's Green uh, New Deal is not my plan. Now, that was really an interesting part, too, for a bit. He got Biden to defend the Green New Deal. And then Wallace asked for clarification. Oh, no, no, no. It's not my plan. It's not my plan. And I wonder how that will sit. But in the end, Biden comes across looking like a cooler operator here. The other moment that has gotten a ton of play, which is interesting, if you go back and if you're a patron, I've already posted our full live stream coverage uh, with our commentary. If you go back, nobody in the discord, nobody in the chat really noticed this moment. But then later, after the show, Twitter was white hot with President Trump not denouncing a white supremacist group. And so I want to play this bit for you because this is what's gotten the most conversation post-debate. You have repeatedly criticized the the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing extremist groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. Supremacists and right like supremacists. Me to condemn? White Proud supremacists Boys. and right Proud so, Boys. All right. So if you listen there, the actual suggestion for Proud Boys actually comes from Biden. Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and right you like me to condemn? White Proud supremacists Boys. and right Proud, Proud Boys. Boys. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa. Stand back and stand by. Now, there's two scenarios here. Scenario. Now, this is where where do you branch in your view of reality? This is one of these defining moments right here. It's funny how it just happens. Right. It just it's it's just something that casually happens in front of you like a car accident. And yet life has changed forever. <laughs> right. Like you either see this one way and or by, the other way. But I'm right right proud boys. Boys. And right proud proud boys. Stand back and stand by. Now, one way to see this is he's an old man stammering trying to respond to Biden and Wallace throwing some so throwing some kind of curveball at him and he just says stupid crap. Right proud boys. And right proud, proud boys. boys. 
stand back and stand by. He would. He. It seems seems possible. The other branches. Well, this is clearly him telling them to prepare, to get ready, to 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 defend King Trump. Pretty strange, pretty strange platform to make a call like that. But how else can you interpret stand by? How else can that be interpreted? What kind of what kind of denouncement is stand by? Stand back? I don't know what that means. But stand by doesn't sound like a denouncement to me. This didn't really hit me during the debate, but it fired up on Twitter like crazy, like just absolute madness. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call him? What do you want to call him? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacist and right like White proud supremacist and right proud boys. boys. Stand back and stand by. I mean, he even, almost even kind of slurs it. So when these kinds of things happen, my my first reaction is to go into data collection mode. So I started watching the reaction, immediate breathless coverage on this. But it's also worth waiting until the next morning to see if uh, anybody from the campaign tries to do any kind of cleanup, you know, kind of come in and, oh, no, no, he meant this, he meant, or he meant that. You know, that's something you can see pretty commonly. But what we got instead was on the way to a rally, he's heading to the helicopter, President Trump is asked about his comment, and I'll play his answer for you. I don't know who the Proud Boys are. I mean, you'll have to give me a definition because I really don't know who they are. I can only say they have to stand down, let law enforcement do their work. Law enforcement will do the work more and more. As people see how bad this radical liberal Democrat movement is and how weak, the law enforcement's going to come back stronger and stronger. So he kind of does a make good there, it seems. Then immediately he goes into the Democrat-run cities, which is something he must have brought up four or five times in the debate last night, which is at this point it's starting to get to be a real eye roller because the counterargument to a lot of that often is, well, yeah, but these are also some of the highest populated cities, so maybe that's why they have more COVID. Maybe that's why they have to do more extensive lockdowns. And it's just this sort of it's just this this sort of classical two sides to an argument that we just go around in circles and circles and circles. And and so it's just an eye roller when he brings it up. And yet he brings it up right here in his response. This is his make good. And then typical Trump style, he kind of brings it back again. But again, I don't know who Proud Boys are, but whoever they are, they have to stand down, let law enforcement do their work. How did he not know who Proud Boys are? See, that's the thing. That's This is always one of, oh, I barely knew him. Oh, I oh I you know I'm barely affiliated with so and so from my campaign. Oh, Steve Bannon barely knew him, um, but yet he seems to be super tapped into small internet memes from time to time. Like the the one that he just name dropped on stage is was about the U.S. service members and uh, Joe Biden calling them stupid bastards. Of course, oh that's not true. That's not true. Well, it kind of seems like it was true. There is audio of Joe Biden saying that, but it's really niche. It hasn't gotten any airtime. Yet Trump knows about it. Notwithstanding what you may hear about me, I have incredibly good judgment. One, I married Jill. And two, I appointed Johnson to the Academy. I just want you to know that. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. So there's audio of it, but it's not mainstream audio. Um, It seems like it's from 2016, just happened to hit the internet a couple of days before the debate. What are the chances? And Trump just happened to know about that, but he doesn't know who the Proud Boys are? I don't buy that. 
I think that's a typical Trump um, diversion tactic in a sense. Like, is that the right word? Maybe not. Because he's not trying to distract you so much as he's trying to deflect. I think it was a deflection tactic. That's the word I'm going for. It's like a Trump deflection tactic. Oh, I don't know them. Uh, but does that does that make up for it? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to really stop the role. Um, I went back, you know, I, I thought about, you know, doing those things, one of those things that I do from time to time and, and being like, well, boom, here's some clips and pow, here's one from 2017 and pow, here's one from 2016. Um, you can find several clips of Trump denouncing white supremacy. He, he always half-asses it, to be honest with you. But I think it's just because, uh, you know, nobody wants to upset a good voting base. And, by, <laughs> and what I mean is, it's like the same reason why the Democrats appeal to the protesters who are burning down small businesses, right? Because they're going to make up a few million um, voters, they're, them and their families. It's, <laughs> it's the gross aspect of politics. It really is. And I don't, I don't know if that excuses Trump's behavior or his performance. I think right there was an indication of old man moment. I think he, every time he gets an opportunity to either be clear or land a better blow, he kind of, he didn't take it. He mostly just was constantly in fight mode. Um, and that has led to all kinds of, uh, of coverage. Um, and Wallace has walked away from it with, I think, mostly looking good, Chris Wallace. Uh, I'll play, you know, I'll play one of, one of what I thought his better moments was in the debate and also kind of turned into one of Biden's better moments, too. If Senate Republicans, we were talking originally about the Supreme Court here, if Senate Republicans go ahead and confirm Justice Barrett, uh, there has been talk about ending the filibuster or even packing the court, adding to the nine justices there. You call this a distraction by the president, but in fact, it wasn't brought up by the president. It was brought up by some of your Democratic colleagues. In I, So right there. Now, <clears throat> the reason why I like this question is... Wallace was willing was willing to do several like this, where he asked the hard question that the candidates have been avoiding for days, and I think it's it felt like finally finally we were getting we were going to try to get answers to some of these. Of course, it you know it's it's a fairly disappointing answer that we end up getting. Um, I'll play this. I'm going to play the clip that Wallace is referring, just so you have the context, and then we'll get back to Trump. Uh, or sorry, Biden's answer. <laughs> He's almost. No, I have no comment. Yes. It's hard to hear the audio here. It's hard for Biden too, uh, but they're asking about packing the Supreme Court. Have you ruled out expanding the Supreme Court as president under any circumstances whatsoever? Have you ruled out expanding the Supreme Court as president? I am not, and I, I, I know you're going to be upset with my answer, but what I'm not going to do is play the Trump game, which is a good game he plays. Take your eye off the issue before us. This is crap, though. It's, that wasn't a Trump campaign person. It was a reporter asking. That's what Wallace is referring to in the Saudi. He doesn't answer the question. He says, oh, I'm too focused on the election. But the press, they know they don't want to answer this. And they've they've pressed Kamala, too. Senator, you talked about the v former vice president looking right into the camera. But his answer on court packing, adding more justices to the court, just sounds like a straight up dodge. Why won't he talk about what he wants to do, what he thinks should happen? Well, I think he's very clear, John, which is that he is focused, as we all should be on the next 35 days, 
Uh huh. And you know how the rest of that answer goes. Here she is on CNN getting asked the same question again. Selection. There are a number of Democrats in Washington, as you know, who are saying that if Judge Barrett is confirmed uh, and if you and Joe Biden win and the Democrats take back the Senate, uh, then there should be consideration of adding seats to the U.S. Supreme Court. Neither you nor Joe Biden are willing to give a straight answer as to whether or not you're willing to entertain that idea. But it's not some fringe idea. Democrats in Washington are talking about it. Chuck Schumer, the Democratic leader in the Senate, has said that he's not taking anything off the table. Is that an idea that you're willing to think about? We are 35 days away from an election that is probably the most important election of our lifetime. Yep. And you can guess the answer. So when Wallace asked that question in the debate, it was like, well, Finally, here we go. We're going to get an answer to this. Uh, but, uh, well, I'll, have, I'll let you judge. Justice is there. You call this a distraction by the president. But in fact, it wasn't brought up by the president. It was brought up by some of your Democratic colleagues in, well, the, saying... in the Congress. So my question to you is you have refused in the past to talk about it. Are you willing to tell the American people tonight whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court. Whatever position I take on that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. Now, here's the problem I have with this. His argument is that it should be the American people who vote the president for whatever president they vote for should get to pick the Supreme Court uh, next to uh, the nominee. And if that's your logic, then we should get to know before we make that choice if you're going to try to add another justice. Like it's something, it, the two things are hand in hand. If you're going to ask us to make the decision, then you need to give us all the information. Whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court. Whatever position I take on that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how you strongly you feel. Court? Let Vote now. Are you going to pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know. I think if Trump, Trump could have held back here a little bit, Joe would have gone off the rails on his own. In giving Joe something to change gear to, you, you, he saved him from just sort of rambling on. You could, his answer wasn't going to be very good. But, but Trump just couldn't help himself. And I think it actually sort of undermined his overall strategy. He could have let Joe unravel on his own right here. Feel let vote now. Are you pack the Make court? sure you in fact let people know your senator. I'm not going to answer the question Why because you answer that because question? the you question is the question Supreme is just- and Joe staying pretty calm here but he he has a moment where um, I think a lot of people at home have the same thought. This is the radical question, left. Will you who shut is your, up, man? Listen, who is- I mean, you know, it's it's just pretty good. Joe's been coached. There were several times where he went into uh, watch the video. There's several times where he closes his eyes and he does a breathing exercise. That was interesting. There was also a moment where Trump was going on and Joe was saying something to himself like he was he was mouthing the words to himself. So that way he could focus on that writing down notes. And then when the next question came up, those notes happened to be just the uh, talking points he needed to respond to the question. So he timed some things pretty well there, but he just kind of gets rattled every now and then. And I think that was Trump's strategy, but Joe would have undermined himself. The question is, the question is, who is on your list, Joe? 
This Who's is on your so right, gentlemen. This is, I think this we've is ended so this. He's going to pack the court. We have end, no, no, no. Give a list. We have ended this segment. We're going to move on to the second segment. Really, you know, another nice productive segment there. Really good. The one good moment for Trump in that uh, Supreme Court justice debate was when he said a president is elected for four years, Joe, not three years. Um, I just I thought that was a good point. I mean, because that was the argument that the Democrats made uh, during Obama's last year. The media thinks maybe the best thing to do, though, to solve this would be to just cancel the debates. This was what they needed. You know, no more debates. Save Joe from the debates. I wouldn't be surprised, by the way, if this is the last presidential debate. There be other debates. Should there know. be? Should Joe Biden do the next two two debates? It's going to be like this? Absolutely not. He's lowering himself. There's supposed to be two more presidential well, debates. I must say, yes. I don't think the country's going to be yearning for another one well, of these. Made a lot of people wondering: Will there be more debates after this? Will we see the final two presidential debates? Or what's the upside in doing two more of these? We can't do two more of these. Are we really going to repeat this? Should the next two debates go on as scheduled? Do you think there should be more debates? Do you think there will be questions about whether right. Joe Biden? should participate in the next two debates. People so turned off and disgusted saying, forget it, I don't want any more debates. There are very real questions about what is to be gained from being there. Two more debates? Do you you think that they'll still? Uh, It's hard to know. Do you think Joe Biden should participate in a second or third debate? We'll see. We'll see. Um... Biden had a good response this morning, I thought. He had a kind of a cool, level-headed, sleepy response. Is there any scenario where you would not debate the president in these next two debates? And are there any changes you want to see made by the commission before you debate? Well, um, you know, he not only attacked uh, uh, me constantly and my family, uh, but he attacked the moderator, (laughs) Uh, and again, on his tweets this morning or last night, um, I just hope there's a way in which the debate commission can uh, control the ability of us to answer the question without interruption. Um, I'm not going to speculate on what happens in the second or third debate. My hope is that they're able to uh, um, literally uh, say the question gets asked of Trump. He has a microphone. He has two minutes to answer the question. No one else has a microphone. And then I don't know what it's going to, the actual rules are going to be, literally. But that, that's what seemed to me to make some sense. But I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. And what do you have to say to those undecided, persuadable voters who were watching last night and were just completely turned off by politics? I can understand it. It was, um, I kind of thought at one point, maybe I shouldn't say this, but, uh, The president of the United States conducting himself the way he did, um, I think was just a a national embarrassment. Oof. There is going to be some structure changes that have been announced. This just came out a little bit ago before I recorded. Uh, It's very easy to engage in the kind of dialogue that we saw last night. So format matters, but the substance of what these gentlemen say going forward matters a lot, too. Well, I got a little breaking news here. Literally, as you guys were speaking, we got a statement from the commission on presidential debates. I'm just going to read it in full. They acknowledge the obvious. The Commission on Presidential Debates sponsors televised debates for the benefit of the American electorate. Last night's debate made clear that additional structure 
should be added to the format of the remaining debates to ensure a more orderly discussion of the issues. The CPD will be carefully considering the changes that it will adopt and will announce those measures shortly. The statement goes on to praise Chris Wallace for his professionalism and skill um, that he attempted to bring to last night's debate. You know, the thing that I walk away from this feeling is that both of them lost. Joe didn't execute particularly either um, well or clearly, but he, he survived it. And Trump looked like an animal. To Trump's base, you know, the people that really love Trump and kind of love the bombastic, more celebrity-style Trump, I think that that's not going to bother them at all. But I don't think this debate really changed anyone's mind. And I don't think either one of them really came, came out much better. You know, it didn't really change any, any, like any, anybody's thinking on either one of these candidates. But by default, because any poll you look at, even if you take some of the averages of the average or whatever, whatever polls you look at right now, the only data point we have in the elections about winners and losers, it seems like by default then Biden won, in my estimation, because Biden was already ahead and Trump didn't get the boost he needed from this. And he probably lost some ground. And more than anything else, and it's mentioned uh, in that question to Biden, that's why I played the whole thing, is I think they just lost voters. Both of them. People are just not going to participate in this election. It's going to be, they're expecting historic turnout. I think it's going to be, I could be wrong, but I'm going down on, on Red Book Record right now saying, I think this will be historic low turnout. We'll see though. Maybe not because of the mailing. Well, it's, that, that adds the variable to it. But neither one of these men excite. Neither one of these men seem like they should be leading the white in the White House. It just doesn't seem like um, either one of them are qualified, in my estimation. I think uh, Trump's strategy probably played too hard. The one thing about that, he can he can dial that back, right? There's not much Biden can do to alter his performance. He 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 is who he is at this point, and that was probably him at maybe his best, even especially considering the relentless attacks from Trump. But Trump could play a different Trump. He does that. In different situations, he plays a different President Trump. And he could play a different president when he goes into the next debate. And I wonder if if he chooses to do that, what can Joe do to counter it? There's not, he doesn't have as much range there. There's no there's no clear indication, though, that Trump will do that, because really, it seems like a lot of the the attacks were motivated by defense about defending himself and his record. And and um, I mean, he really chimed. He really perked up when the uh, when Joe Biden mentioned being him not being very smart. He was ready with a zinger. So the next debate, which I'll stream live, will be Mike Pence and Kamala Harris, which is set for October 7th. So um, coming up soon. As you're listening to this, same same uh, thing all over again, unfiltered.show slash live. Um, I will be there 30, 40 minutes at least before the debate starts. This time, because I was practicing, I had the Discord feed up like a solid hour and a half before the stream. And the cool thing is about using Discord for the voice chat is I can also send everyone in there a video signal. So you actually get to watch the debate via Discord as well. 
or just go to unfiltered.show slash live. We're uh, going to try to moderate it so that way you still can hear the debate and hear the responses. But uh, when the lulls will come in, we'll try to do our commentary. It's something we're still refining, but, you know, we have to try it. Um, and then it'll really this is all really a ramp up to election night. So the ne- October 7th is the VP debates. Then the next presidential debate will take place on October 15th in Miami. And then the final debate, assuming they don't cancel this stuff, is currently scheduled for October 22nd in Nashville. They all start at 9 p.m. Eastern, all of them. And I start the stream 30, 40 minutes before that. We use Discord for the chat. There's a live room, a live channel, which is the chat room that shows up on the live stream. And then there is a chatter voice room that we use for the voice chat. And you can get that on filter.show slash Discord. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do a drinking game next time or not. That was a lot. We'll, uh, you'll be able to, you, you know, you'll, you'll be able to catch some of these replays on Twitch too. I should mention it's not um, maybe as refined. I did record our stream too, which I'll make available to our patrons. The Twitch stream has already been linked for our patrons, but I have an actual 86 gigabyte recording. <laughs> yeah, uh, 86 gigabyte recording of the event. Um, which includes our commentary and whatnot and some clips and some post analysis, which I will link up for our patrons. But you already have the Twitch, which I, I linked that so you could have it immediately for our patrons. And that includes all of that as well, obviously. Uh, it just eventually will expire. But it's already available for our patrons. Thank you, everybody, at patreon.com slash unfilter. And then the archive version, uh, I'll update that post later on. Right now, I can't. <laughs> I, I discovered Patreon. <laughs> so I tried to get the file uploaded last night. After the whole debate thing, I was exhausted, too, because I'd done Linux Unplugged earlier in the day. So it was, it was a lot of live streaming that day. It was like six or seven hours on the air. And I get I get this file, and it's 86 gigabytes. Well, I know that's not going to fit on Patreon, so I encode it down, but it's still like two gigabytes. I discovered Patreon has a 512 megabyte file limit. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run it through an encoding and do like super super high quality two pass encoding and see if i can't get it at least below a gig and then when i find somewhere to host it i'll make it available and by that point nobody will care anymore (laughs) isn't that how it works all right well one more story before we get out of here because maybe there's no hope here in the states but that doesn't mean there isn't hope somewhere out there maybe it's just on another planet it's an exciting discovery reported in the online journal nature astronomy the title multiple subglacial water bodies below the south pole of mars unveiled by new marsis data translation there could absolutely be water on Mars. Researchers say they have found several liquid bodies of water under Mars's South Pole, proving previous research and studies there could be a large lake buried beneath the Martian surface. Think of it like subglacial lakes beneath Antarctica or the Greenland ice sheets here on Earth. But here's the kicker. The findings could be a key component in the search for alien life on the planet. Not necessarily little green men, but bacterial microbes or something akin to that. Researchers believe that there's a patchwork of buried reservoirs of liquid, a large reservoir about 15 miles across, surrounded by smaller patches up to six miles across. They can't tell how deep they are, only that they're about a mile below the surface. Much more research needs to be done, and some scientists remain unconvinced that what has been seen is indeed liquid water. But the latest study adds more weight to a 2018 finding from radar maps of Mars's crust created by the Mars Express Robot Orbiter. And the Mars discovery comes just a few weeks after scientists reported potential signs of life in the clouds of Venus. 
If there really are buried bodies of liquid water on Mars, it may be a prime spot for life, perhaps even a sign of a world teeming with life once upon a time, billions of years ago. Who wants to go on a Mars fishing trip? Just gotta get a spaceship first. Well, do consider joining us for the next debate. I don't imagine the presidential debate will be nearly as spicy, but it's still fun to hang out with some friends and go through this experience together, get different takes, and really commiserate, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> you know, uh, I'd love to get your feedback to unfiltered.show slash contact. Some links and information for uh, extra context to what I talked about today. That's all included in the show notes. That's at unfiltered.show slash 328. Also, consider subscribing if you haven't yet, unfiltered.show slash subscribe. And then last but not least, while I absolutely appreciate our patrons, I also appreciate you sharing the show, giving it a review, giving it a like. If you have someone out there that maybe would be in the mindset for a show like this, send it to them. Word of mouth is the number one form of advertising, really the only form of advertising for podcasts. Nothing else really works, so I appreciate that too. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Unfilter Debate Hangout Edition. <laughs> Hopefully the next one won't be so rough, and I'll see you right back here next week. <laughs>